To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 126. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. We are back in the building, fellas. How are y'all doing for another episode of Opinionated Benchwarmers? Good, man. I mean, you know, life happens. You know, we sometimes have to kick these weeks off, and we all businessmen. We know how that goes. So I'm ready to get back into it and just talk about this stuff, man. Get it out. Yeah, same here, man. You know, sports never stop rolling, but we never stop rolling either. Uh, but honestly, you know, I'm not going to delay things. I know we got, you know, some good topics to get into that the listeners want to hear. So, man, let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. Definitely, definitely. A lot to get into. We probably won't touch on everything, but we'll try to touch on the main topics of interest that you guys like. First of all, I want to say thank you for following O underscore Bench Warmers. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast as well. Opinionated Bench Warmers on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. And not only subscribe, but leave a review. That's how you show love and get the views up. And make more, last but not least, most importantly, share with a friend. Nobody knows uh, things spread faster by word of mouth than any other thing out there. But fellas, man, I want to pick at Los just starting off the podcast. Me and him had a debate going back and forth about Baker Mayfield. Uh, if you don't know football fans, Baker Mayfield asked for a release. It was reported that it was a mutual agreement. I think what it was yesterday evening. And um, it was reported this evening that he cleared. He did not clear Ravens. He ended up in Los Angeles to Los's Rams. Los had such great things to say about Baker and how awesome he was. If you don't pick up on my <laughs> sarcasm <laughs> here, but the guy, I told Lowe's, I love his commercials, so I'm always a fan of Baker off the field. Uh, on the field is not much to mention. But, yes, Baker midfield to the Los Angeles Rams. Lowe's, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, it's disgusting, man. It's disgusting. I, we are, How we go from, uh, you know, I think we just paying our due this year. You go from winning the championship to possibly signing OBJ to, you know, running it back, you know, every team talk about running back and all that too. Like we at a point now where we're in just like three and nine full tank mode and let's lose it to teams that we shouldn't lose to. It's just, and now we at a point where we <laughs> Baker Mayfield is being claimed. Like I was at the draft in 2018 when we actually, when he actually went number one, the pick wasn't even like then, you know, <laughs> like nobody believed in the pick then, you know, like you go to Browns again, you know, picking up the, the 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 short quarterback. You know, we know what happened with Johnny Menzel when they drafted him in the first round. So it's it's just I don't know. I 
I get it. I'm going to say this, you know, as a Rams fan, I can always spin it to a positive, but as a person and being real, um, Baker Mayfield, what he showed me on the football field has not been a good football player, period. You know, and it's just not is whether and I, my my issue with Baker Mayfield has always been he thinks he's more athletic than what he is. As far as moving around the pocket, his pocket presence is not there as far as trying to scramble and get away, you know, which has always caused a lot of his injuries, you know, not knowing how to get rid of the ball. That's the biggest pet peeve with me with a quarterback is knowing when to get rid of the ball. I love when a quarterback knows when to throw it away or when to move out of the pocket. You know, don't always think you a playmaker and good better than what you are. So but to spin this to the positive where I can see where the Rams try to do this is they're down their number one quarterback and Matthew Stafford, who's out for the year with a uh, spine contusion. And then you look at, you know, our backup quarterback, John Wolford, who also had a neck injury this past week. You know, who knows if he's going to play with a quick turnaround this Thursday playing the Raiders, you know, and then you bring on a guy for the last five games to see what you get, you know, see what you got, you know, and think, you know, Sean McVay has always been um, put up there as one of the top offensive minds. Maybe he can fix him. And then if it don't work out and if you give this guy a couple of starts where he actually looked good, right. You know, and he signs elsewhere, then you're looking at a comp pick in 2024. So it was a low risk, less than $2 million, um, type of player you kind of betting on trying to bring quote-unquote talent in right so from that aspect it makes sense for the Rams to do that when you're down quarterbacks and you want to evaluate talent and this can turn into a comp pick years later it makes sense but from a football standpoint you know our weapons aren't there he isn't a good player I don't see how this turns out well um, you know, again, his Sounds name like coming up, warming up the old Baker. Man, I say it, it's chestnut checkers, Lowe's, man. You know that y'all got a, a division rival over there. Uh, and y'all know that they are in search or in need really of a quarterback right now due to what just happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. And so I believe, man, maybe it's just a little bit of keep away, you know, maybe keeping them away potentially from the 49ers being able to grab them. Um, and just trying to have plug and play just so that they can make a, you know, a run in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe it's a little bit of that. You know, it, it might not be to try to right the ship and get things in accordance, you know, for the Rams this season and the way things have gone. But maybe it's a little bit of, of keep away. So I'm going to just say that the move is chess and not checkers. Yeah, I believe yeah, this point just sets Baker Mayfield's career. I mean, I think that it happened. We saw it with Jameis Winston. We saw it with. Marcus Mariota, we've, we're now witnessing the, the glory of the of a story like that in Geno Smith, who's tearing it up in Seattle. So, I mean, maybe maybe he just needs to take a seat back, and I think he's have to, he'll have to take the realization that he has a lot to improve upon. Maybe he'll take some time and, uh you know, take a back seat. Maybe he'll resign on a cheap deal in L.A. and, and sit behind Stafford and, and try to learn learn the game. Uh, like James did behind Drew Brees, and that's another story, but it's an easy transition. Uh, we will talk about the Saints, and which I didn't want to talk about, and Ramon just decided he wanted to put it on the docket today. But, yeah, my my Saints were up 13-zip, and we found a way to lose the game in the last minute, last seconds of the game due to Tom Brady, which is the GOAT, not taking anything away from him. Um, but I, I think that the Saints here, I think we have definitely, even though our division is trash, we had an opportunity if we won that game to be second in our division, which is terrible. We're in a terrible, terrible division. 
Um, but now we're four and nine, and I don't, I don't, I think we're all out of all playoff contention at this point. Um, but the question, the question reveals, man, is do you think Dennis Allen is on the hot seat here? And um, I guess I'll start this thing off. I don't think he's on the hot seat. Um, he makes a lot of questionable decisions. I think it stops at P. Carmichael, uh, the offense coordinator. Um, I, I joke all the time. It's like he chooses, he pick, he looks at the, he looks at his playbook. And he just chooses the play that he think that the defense will know the most. And he just chooses that one. We're so predictable on offense. Um, I think that our defense has played well enough just from the eye test. I don't know if numbers are back. So, but I feel like they played well enough that we've been in every game that we play. Um, I don't think, I think the only game we got out just, just, just destroyed uh, was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, but even that was not fault. Just two picks in a, I forgot the game, two picks, we threw two picks before halftime. Andy did, and I think the decision—I think the decision to start Andy is just—it's just a bad decision. I don't think he gives us the best chance to win. But Andy played pretty decent this past Monday. You had guys dropping balls. We had three major drop balls: one by Taso, one by Olave, and Jarvis, which I was shocked by. Um, I, I think Pete Carmichael has to go. We have to get some offense in there. Um, I don't like our usage of. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is pedestrian. We don't use him, but on obvious rundowns, we don't put him in space. We don't put him in, in screen situations. We don't utilize him. And I don't like the fact how we alternate Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton. Like, let Andy Dalton get into rhythm. Like, we, it, it's like we take, it's like P. Carmichael basically takes, took everything Sean Payton did and is do, doing a generic version of that, which is terrible. The way we use Taysom Hill, the way we use Alvin Kamara, you know, the thing with Sean Payton and Alvin Kamara is keep Alvin fresh, but we keep him so fresh because we don't utilize him in the right way. Taysom, we use him too much. It's just, I don't know, man. I, it's a disappointing season. I actually thought we had a shot, and here's another year of us wasting a Super Bowl, what I think is a Super Bowl caliber defense. Um, bright spots is Paulson Adebo is getting getting good reps and Alante Taylor getting good reps. So when we get Marshawn back for next year, we'll have three solid corners, I think, um, as they continue to grow and to learn uh, with Alante being a rookie. And I think um, uh, in uh, Adebo in his second season, um, I've been impressed by them for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess jumping into it, you know, I would say he is on the hot seat, man. You know, honestly, there hasn't really been a lot of positivity uh, from any aspect as it relates to the team this year. Uh, like you said, you know, the defense has been solid, but things have just been in shambles. Like you said, from an offensive perspective, personnel might really be used properly. And uh, I mean, I, I believe that honestly, if you were to evaluate what he's done as a head coach, you know, he he really hasn't been a good head coach. He's a really good defensive coordinator, but I don't think that he's a really good head coach. It's, it's a difference when you step to that kind of level and you're managing uh, the whole show. And so, uh, I believe that he's, you know, on the hot seat. I won't say that it's burning just yet. Uh, but to me, you know, I would honestly kind of spin it a little bit. And I really think from a head coaching standpoint, one thing that may end up being more important to the Saints going forward is, you know, Sean Payton is getting the itch of wanting to come back and coach. And, you know, that doesn't mean, of course, coming back to New Orleans, it doesn't seem like he wants to reopen that book. But I do believe that you could potentially get some assets that would help uh, help either the roster now or help in a potential rebuild if y'all decide to scrap it. 
uh, because you've seen coaches in the past get, you know, multiple picks, you know, whether it's a first round pick and multiple other picks or two first round picks that John Gruden uh, that they were able to get for John Gruden back like 20 years ago um, in a deal for him. So I honestly believe that maybe, you know, I know we're talking about Dennis Allen and whether or not he's on the hot seat and whether he needs to go or not. But really, this Sean Payton itch may be something that helps y'all franchise um, a little bit as for him finding a place where he wants to be and him still having uh, that real uh, giving y'all, I guess, more leverage since he's only been away from the game for a year or so. Uh, so I think that maybe from a head coaching standpoint, that's more of what y'all should be looking towards. What can you get for Sean Payton instead of so much of Dennis Allen being on the hot seat? Yeah, I mean, I'm just just speaking on the Saints period, right? I'm just, and I know my brother just talked about it, Rob, and he's probably just as frustrated. And, you know, I wasn't one of the ones that's absolutely rooting for them to win this year because, you know, me and Rob had a little side bet going on. But it's frustrating because, like, they're out of it right now. And I know they're talking about he's banged up, but I don't, I don't buy it. But, you know, Dalton is not your future. Dalton will never be your future at this point. We know that everybody knows that he's a journeyman. He's going to, he's turning into a journeyman at this point. Um, he's a solid backup to maybe come in and win you a game. But if Winston had a, even a chance to play or even a chance, he's young enough to even be your future. He should have been in the game a long time ago. And that's what's frustrating is like, let's see what you got. This season is over at this point. Why are you still rolling out Dalton as your quarterback? You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's frustrating. Like that game last night was lost literally because you put in a hurt Mark washed Mark Ingram at the end of that game on a third down run where a healthy Kamara could have easily picked up that first down and won the game and it had been over. But a hurt Mark Ingram had to limp out of bounds and keep it one, one yard short to where you go to a fourth and one play where you throw the ball at that point, throw the ball, turn it, obviously had to punt it at that point, and then the rest is history. Like, that's what's frustrating. That goes back to coaching one, right? And so, again, I don't write off Dennis Allen. I think the whole staff needs to be gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not a offense sucks type of thing. That's on him, too. You know what I'm saying? And his decision-making with – I don't know who decides on playing time and all this stuff. It's like – it's frustrating because Andy Dalton is not it. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, and let's at least see what you have in Winston. And Kamara should at least be playing. He should not be playing 30 percent, 40 percent of the plays, 60 percent of the plays at least. You know what I'm saying? Like you have you have to show up for your fans. Right. There's a OK, keeping players healthy. And then there's a putting a product on the field for your fans. And the Saints have not been doing that. And I feel, I feel like that's disrespectful to their fan base. You know, if these players are healthy, you put the best product on the field. Maybe not play them as much. I get that. But 40, 30 percent of the plays is unacceptable. Play, rolling out Andy Dalton out there after he just showed you what he is and what he can't and cannot do is unacceptable. And it's, it's just I don't know. I'm not a Saints fan, but it's just I, I I'm frustrated with just the product that they're putting on the field. Yeah, it's, it's definitely frustrating. I think that with the team that we had, I think with James being hurt, and that's what you're saying. I, I don't want to spend too much time here. We got a lot more to get into. We can wrap it up after this if y'all guys don't have anything else. But it's it's like you said. I mean, we got a guy here that 
Jameis, who he said was going to be the guy. He waited his turn. He finally got it. He gets hurt. He comes back and loses his job to Andy Dalton. You're not about to sit up here and tell me Andy Dalton gives you the best shot to win games in and out. And not only that, it's wrong. It's not fair to Jameis. It's not fair to us to give a fair assessment to Jameis because Jameis looked fine before tearing his knee up ironically against Tampa Bay uh, up until that point. Now, did he look a little shaky up until he got injured this year? Yes, but still, let him play it out. Let him come back. Let us get a full sample of him. We don't have an evaluation of Jameis potentially being our future. And then we know Andy is not our future. So I don't get it, especially with us being four and, four and eight up until last night. Andy has been losing games the past two weeks. Let's put in Jamin, see what he has. Let him finish out the season. See if he's our future. See what we need to draft next year, which we don't have a first round pick because we traded that away. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm frustrated. I don't want to spend too much time here. Uh, we can move on if y'all don't have anything else. Yeah, I mean, I'll add just one. I'm sorry, I add one more thing. And we got to figure out the Michael Thomas thing too. You know, I know he's been hurt and he's out the picture now, but like at this point, like the dude's been out and uh, injuries again, not a lot of their fault, but like we paid you this money and you have not been on the field. You missed more games than you played since we paid you this money. So um, they, I think the Saints need to figure that out too. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say right quickly, man, go and get Carolinas first. Go ahead and, and, and trade Sean Payton. I know he'd be in a division and y'all would hate that, but. You know, maybe pick up the first that kind of way. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of sad, guys. That that really depressed me. I was excited to come here with my brothers and record this podcast, but after that segment, man. Anyway, moving along, moving along. So we already know my disappointment for this NFL season. But what other team has disappointed you besides the Raiders? That's too easy. We're not doing that. <laughs> Oh, I'm <laughs> Super Bowl champs. <laughs> Let's go there. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate that. I ain't trying to keep talking about the Rams, but come on, man. Like, how you go from a, one of the most historical runs, one of the best teams in the NFL, to, like, one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Like, they, like, can't even get first downs. Like, night and day different than last year. It's just mind-blowing. I'll be quick, man. The Denver Broncos. <laughs> To me, they, <laughs> I mean, they couldn't even, they couldn't even hang on. They couldn't, <laughs> bro, they couldn't yeah, even man. hang on with a hurt against a hurt Lamar Jackson, man. They a team with a hurt Lamar Jackson. They couldn't even man. they couldn't even get that one. So I, I would say for me, they gotta be the biggest disappointment. Denver Broncos. Boy, yeah, that, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I'm going to go Cleveland Browns here. I, I thought after the season they had last year, they would have performed a little better. I thought Jacoby Brissett would have been able to steer the ship before Deshaun Watson got back. But they just they was kind of disappointing to me um, in a sense. But that's just me going different. Of course, it's the Denver Broncos. But if we're going to give three different ones, I would go Cleve, the Cleveland route there. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So Yeah, we, I mean – Go ahead, my bad, big. No, go ahead, go ahead, bro. No, I, I just, again, I'm here in Colorado, and uh, I think that's just, uh, I, I deal with the coworkers every day talking about the Broncos. They want to fire everybody. There. I even heard, overheard somebody saying, "Yeah, Russell Wilson, he's no Peyton Manning." When we got him, we <laughs> we thought that's what we was gonna get. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, that's not what it is. So, um, I'll just say, uh, I'll finish with. Um, 
Broncos country. Let's punt. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute, bro. That was cute. So let's move along to some more headlines in the NFL. As you mentioned, alluded to, Ramon, you got uh, Lamar Jackson hurt, um, injured his knee. Um, it was it, luckily it was just I think it's just a sprain to the PCL. So it usually typically they're projecting him to be out for three weeks. Um, we were expecting huge things with the Ravens, but what we feared happened. Lamar decided to not uh, sign a tag. And no, he decided to sign the tag and play on the tag and bet on himself. And it was working out so good, but he cooled off probably about after week five, I would say. Um, but now he's injured, man. Will this affect his value? Will this affect him getting paid? And how does this affect the Ravens as a whole? Do would they would they be able to hold hold on until three weeks? They do have a good backup in Huntley. Yeah, I mean, I think I think ultimately, I guess, to address uh, your first point, just about Lamar Jackson, the injury and all of that, I do think that this could potentially play into the contract situation. I think obviously they're going to come to an agreement. They're going to, you know, figure out the money, uh, but it may not be exactly, you know, what he was looking for uh, from a contract standpoint. And now they can point to really the last two seasons in which he's missed time. Uh, based upon injuries uh, so obviously anytime you miss time based upon injuries that does not help you uh, from a negotiation standpoint so I do think that it can impact it even though I think that they will find their way to a deal um, as far as the team goes I think they'll be able to stay afloat uh, they won't stay on top of that division uh, especially with the way that the Bengals are clicking right now so I think that the Bengals will once again grab that division and uh, take that over but I think they'll still be able to find their way uh, into a playoff spot. Uh, you know, granted that Lamar, like you said, is only out just a couple of weeks and that this isn't, you know, seen as long term. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Ramon. I think that it, it's I think that the Ravens, they can't steer the ship. I think that they got enough with their backup to get it. And I do think they'll get a deal done. Um, when you got somebody as special as, as Lamar, you have to go ahead and do it. He already has an NFL MVP. He's already steered the ship. Go ahead and commit to him. The Ravens need to stop playing games. Get that man what he needs to get paid and work around him and then work toward putting some weapons around him. Um, I, I get that they're, they're working on that, um, but they got they got to get him some more receivers and, and weapons for him to deal with. Uh, for You can't blame Lamar for what what a what a mediocre offense if you're not going to give him the weapons. He need a running back. I know get the injuries and stuff like that, but it seems like teams like that don't want to like invest in in legitimate weapons. But um, but moving along, I mean the Ravens. I think they'll be fine. Do you do you think they slip out of the playoffs or do you think they make the playoffs? I think they make it. I'll just say I think they make it. Oh, I mean, I, I was saying it earlier in the breakdown, but like, I think that they'll hold on. They're not going <laughs> to hold on to the division lead, but I think they'll hold on to the playoff spot. Okay, 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 okay. So we're moving on. We're moving on to the Bengals and the and the Chiefs. They, it seemed like the, the Chiefs have become the Bengals' real kryptonite. I think that they have – I mean, I know we got a lot to get to, so we can get into it quick, but I think it's interesting – is Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow against Mahomes, it seems like he take it up another level every time they match up. 3-0 and against Mahomes so far. I love to see it, man. I love to see it because, again, my 
peak early in the, the year, I think, was the Bills. But slowly, keep watching this Bengal team get healthy. You know, it's kind of creeping up there. You know, as again, they are a team that just went to the Super Bowl. So let's not forget that. You know, they were one drive away from winning it all. So um, Joe Burrow's the real deal, man. And just I'm speaking, saying this as an LSU fan and just a complete fan of his. And Sweet. if it was any other team in there, I would have been rooting for him. So again, I got the Bengals. I don't know. Where am I going with this, guys? <laughs> hey, did y'all see the cleats, though, man? Did you see the cleats Sunday, the LSU shout-out based upon the cleats? I don't know if y'all had a chance to see that. But, uh, but yeah, no, Joe, he he's that guy. Like you said, I do believe that they are uh, the kryptonite, essentially, for uh, for the Chiefs. You know, you just obviously see in the last couple of matchups that they've had, even the comeback wins that they've had, uh, over the Chiefs so you know ultimately I think when it comes down to it you know like you said the Bengals may have a chance to get it done they may represent uh, their conference may represent the AFC again man you know I like how they look yeah old uh old Joe man he's just so cool man I mean we've been a fan for a long time coming from LSU and we know what he's capable of we know what he do on a daily basis um, but you know, from week to week, he just impresses me. Um, without Jamar, his biggest weapon, he he he's not. You know, he he doesn't he doesn't he didn't waver. You know, I think that he's doing well, um, and I think he's gonna be an all time great. But moving along, A A D man, another great. We're switching gears here to the NBA. Anthony Davis has been on a tear. Uh, we had to discuss it as Lakers fan. It appears that we are turning things around. We've won eight of the last 10 games. Uh, we're doing our thing. See, I don't want to jinx it, but AD is playing on a top five level, um, fellas. I mean, it. I'm going to throw some numbers out there, and you let me know the last time that you've seen a, a spurt like this. Uh, it seems like he's gobbling up all the rebounds. He's get, he's scoring. He's had 55 points against the Wizards out here. I, I was able to talk trash to some Wizards fan out here where I live at, uh, just about AD. But the tear that he's been on has been remarkable. He's he's averaging 28 uh, points, 12 rebounds, one steal, and two block, 2.4 blocks so far. I mean, he he's on a tear right now. Uh, what do you guys think, man? Do you think this – will he sustain this? Or, or What's your evaluation of the Lakers and AD's performance? I think – the change came when, one, the coach, right? I think the coach is respected. And then the coach also came and said um, that he wants AD's shots to be closer to the basket. That's always been my beef with AD since he became a Laker. All of a sudden, he just wanted to become this guard and, like, wanted to take all these outside shots. And I was like, dude, get in there and mix it up. When you down low and mix it up, it's different. Um, I seen an um, a image of his shot his shot chart, like the last game, he dropped 50, 55, right? Um, and all his shots were like maybe one or two was not – maybe like five shots, you know, of his 20, 20-plus 20 shots were outside the paint. You know what I'm saying? So he's in the paint. That's the difference in this game. And when you watch AD, it's, he's mixing it up in the paint. He's not just sitting there waiting. He's also going for offensive rebounds and getting putbacks. That's the difference. That's the AD that we saw – in 
New Orleans, the hungry AD, the one that's close to the basket. And then once you start seeing some shots go in, you taking one or two shots from the perimeter. You got your confidence going. I think AD one is healthy right now. He has his confidence going, and um, he's he's shooting next to the basket. He's he's putting people in the rim right now, and I love how dominant he is right now. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I, I believe that he can stay on the tear that he's on right now. You know, as long as he stays healthy. Like Los, you already mentioned the change in the play style. I mean, that's evident by him shooting 59% from the field this year, uh, which would definitely be a career high for him by far. So, uh, you know, hats off to the, the way he's been playing. He's been playing at a special level. Uh, and when you play at that level, that's a top five clip that he's playing at at this point right now. So uh, hats off to him. And it's been something that's really been a part of the engine of this team, turning it around. Like, I mean, I think they... You know, we would all be shocked if I were to say, uh, you know, maybe a month ago or something like that, that LeBron wouldn't even be a top three reason why this team is turned around. And that's not even like a shot at LeBron, but it's just the fact of what Darvin Ham has done to this team as far as the respect factor, as far as him making sure, like you said, that AD is properly positioned, the way that AD has been playing at an extremely high level. And then, too, even before we move off the Lakers and all that, I got to get halves off to Russell Westbrook, man. We talked about all the scrutiny. We had all at different points that wanted the guy traded. Uh, but honestly, at this point, I wouldn't want Russ moved from the team, man. I think that he has settled into this new role. And he's huge, bro. That's a hot team. Huge, bro. That's a hot No, team. huge, bro. Huge, bro. I think that's a good point, brother. I agree with you, Ramon. I do agree with you. You know, I respect your sports mind. I do. I respect everybody's sports mind on this podcast. But I was kind of under the impression that he's built his value up, right? And he's pointed to himself that he is still Russ and he still can play make if he's motivated and wants to be there. I do like his role on, on our team, but I just need to see a little more to see if this is sustainable. The, are we contenders right now? Uh, I'm not sure to answer that question. I think we're playing good basketball right now and I do love what Russ is doing for us and I do love the sacrifice. It's nice to see him thrilled to be on the floor again because like he hated basketball in the beginning of the season and last year. And he's found his moxie, but can we contend or can we trade him and flip him into two other pieces and be a contender this year? You know? No, I feel you. But I, 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 oh, you can go ahead. You can go Los. You can go Los. No, 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 bro. You gotta you gotta have a chance to respond to that. Yeah, no, I honestly feel with the way that Russ is playing, to me, if you you flip one or two of your other pieces that are on the team turn into getting, you know, a couple more shooters, one or two more shooters or one or two more three and D guys, then to me, I think that you have it, man. Like Russ has been excellent off the bench, you know, playing that six man role and the way he's been able to run that second unit, but also two at times where Bron is off the floor and he and AD have established a certain connection too. Uh, he had like 10 of his 15 assists the other night that went to AD, which was crazy and so i believe that like you said you know i want to see it sustained but him in this role that he's in right now he's been excellent and so i wouldn't want to move him at this point and i think you can contend with him in that role yeah i agree i agree i agree i agree i mean i like it i like the place we're in i like the place we're in right now uh i'm excited to see what we do going forward yeah, I think we're in a good spot, though, fellas. But before we get out of here, we got to hit that big topic, man. Deion Sanders, former head coach of the Jackson State Tigers in the SWAC, has he won a SWAC championship this past weekend against our Southern Jaguars, which we won't discuss. But other than that, he announced that 
he's moving on to University of Colorado over there in the parts of Denver. Um, it's very controversial. People have a lot to say about it. I just want to get you guys' thoughts, and then uh, we can wrap this thing up. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, like a lot of people saying, oh, you know, I think the biggest thing what happened is when he got on there and said he's swag. If I ain't swag, who's swag? You know, that type of thing. That was the biggest quote. And now, you know, <laughs> you know, a few months later, now you're leaving the swag. So like, nah, man, you ain't swag, you know? So a lot of people have a beef with that. But like, honestly, I get it. You know what I'm saying? As a as a uh, somebody that wants to elevate and somebody that wants to play at the highest levels, you know, and he, he gave them three years. He won two championships there, you know, and it's like, what else do you want the man to do? He, he you know, he wasn't going to give you 50 years. I think that's people setting people's expectations. And so um, I get it. I like, I, I, I like the move. I'm here in Colorado. So I'll be able to see a quality football team as we've seen this transfer transfer portal getting, getting busy now <laughs> because of this. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he fast can turn that program around just using his likeness. Yeah. Like you said, man, it's, you know, it's definitely been something that's been controversial. It's been something that you've been seeing endless amounts on social media, uh, people literally saying the same thing over and over again, 50 different ways. Uh, but honestly, at the root and the core of it, you know, I can understand how there could be some frustrations on the move that was made. You know, he did talk about a lot of commitment to the university, a lot of commitment to HBCUs. And so people feel that, you know, the rug was kind of pulled from under them. Uh, but what I will say is in his duration and his time at Jackson State, you know, he did a ton of good things for that school, for that athletic department, even from the standpoint of he was giving up half of his salary to be invested back into um, their athletics and so into their facilities and all of that. So he was making 300K and he was giving 150K back into uh, the program and all of that. And so when you're at that point that you're investing your own money, no matter what time period it is, I feel like that's to me, that shows some worth in itself. You know, I, I didn't envision it, didn't think that Dion was going to be at Jackson State for 10 years, 20 years. Like, I didn't think that that would be the case. You know, I've felt personally that Dion's ultimate goal is to be the coach at Florida State. You know, now they have someone there that seems solid at this point in Norvell being over there, but I felt that his ultimate goal was to get to the Power Five. So, you know, I think it's one of those things that you need to appreciate uh, what he did in his time and his duration there. Uh, does it feel good for those players who may be transferred into the program only to see him leave a year later or, you know, but at, at the end of the day, that's the that's the nature of the beast as it comes to college athletics, uh, especially with the transfer portal. Now, you know, you can't so much transfer to a coach. You know, you have to make sure that you definitely are invested in the program. And so uh, that's whether that coach is going to be there or not. And so. You know, I do maybe feel for those guys a little bit, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Like you said, he elevated himself. Uh, if we think about ourselves, we are all professionals that are on this podcast right now. That's why sometimes we have a little difficulty recording because we all have our <laughs> jobs that we deal with. And at the end of the day, when you have those opportunities to go to that next level, um, you have an opportunity to elevate yourself. Oftentimes you take those opportunities and that's in any walk of life, any aspect. So I can't knock him for that. 
Yeah, and I was modest. I let you guys go first, and y'all stole my thunder. I I love everything you said, and I'm not going to be a mockingbird up here, but uh, to, just to kind of piggyback off of what you said, Ramon, I mean, and and kind of to say what you said, Carlos, not responding directly to you, but responding to the people that said that he isn't swag. Nobody, the swag was not on ESPN2 five years ago. <laughs> the swag was not on SportsCenter week to week five years ago. I think that people have to understand, like you say, Ramon, the point of elevation. What this man did for the swag and HBCU, not just the swag. You went through what he did for Jackson State. I'm talking about what he did not only for, for Jackson State, but for what for the swag, but HBCUs in general. This man started a whole trend of NFL coaches going back to coach HBCUs in Eddie George at Tennessee State. We got, um, I can't remember his name, at Grambling State. Um, you got you got this trend that's beginning. You got Mo Williams coaching Jackson State basketball team, former NBA player, ran with LeBron all those years. Good score, good NBA, solid NBA player, had a solid NBA career. Those are the things that this man has done. And I think that with what he's done and inspired and, and what he's done and, and the trends he started, I think he's done far enough. And I think he's earned the right to take the next step. And people say, okay, his, 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 he used Jackson State. No, he didn't use – okay, it was mutual. He gave Jackson State some benefits, and Jackson State gave him the experience he needed to go up to the next to the next level. So, I mean, I think that instead of people complaining about the era of Deion Sanders, I think we should celebrate the era. He had three years of greatness. He proved that he could bring five stars to a HBCU and a small college of Jackson State. He proved that he could recruit. He proved that, you know. So I think that he's done way more than enough. I respect him. I salute Dion for the next step that he did. He didn't have to do that. He could have took an assistant job under under uh, Nick Saban, uh, uh, another coaching legend uh, at, a, at a power five. He chose to go to Jackson State or HBCU, give back to his community because he's black. And then he's moving on to the next step of his career. If we, what, where we're feeling it, we're so busy, upset about his, the move that he made. We need to work on taking what he did and move it forward because he laid out the, the basis of everything for us to do. And he left Jackson State in a good spot. So I think that people have it all wrong. I think that I hope that people listen to this podcast and kind of can get a different perspective of Dion. But Dion didn't do anything wrong. And if you think he did, maybe you need to reevaluate yourself and see if you're the problem. So I'm done oh, with that on that. So note. you dropped the mic just like that, huh? <laughs> just mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna drop the mic. My mic was on the mic stand. I maybe I'll unplug it and just drop it. Right <laughs> But nah, man, leave Dion alone, man. I, I I feel like he did he did a, a wonderful job in his three years at Jackson State, and uh, he deserves this opportunity. And I think he did it the right way. So uh, we'll see if the, if the trend continues of NFL black NFL coaches going back home and coach up at HBCU and and, and move on far from there. So um, so I'm I'm done with it, guys. If y'all have anything else, I think we can get on out of here. We well, appreciate you. We appreciate you for listening and hanging out with us at this point of the podcast. This is where I let you know where you can find us on social media, O underscore bench warmers on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and you can also f- just subscribe to the podcast, opinionated bench warmers on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Until next time, we will catch you guys later. Later.
To you it's just a game For me it's all I know I make them remember my name Before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom That's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking Drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content You tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits Quality is I promise This is more than a show This is a way of life Cause the game as it grows Takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest If you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos The new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ain't the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing note For the opinionated bench warmers